I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today, we've got some crazy stories of revenge. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our first story of the day is revenge against my father's gold-digging ex-wife. My father's birthday was a few days ago, and I threw him a nice little party. Watching him just be happy and content made me realize just how protective I am of him. For context, I'm telling a story of how I taught my witchy stepmother who tried to take advantage of my father a lesson she will never forget as long as she lives. My father is 60 years old, and all of this started about two years ago when he got married to the woman who became my stepmother. She was 32 at the time of their marriage, and they'd only been together for about six months. I found it a little weird, and I think that should have been the first red flag to my father, but the poor man was probably just too lonely to think too much about it. We used to be a perfect nuclear family. My father, my mother, and me. I'm the first son and only child of my parents who had me when they were well into their 40s, so I was basically pampered and well taken care of. Of course, my parents made sure that I didn't go the wrong way, but it was all taught through gentle parenting. There was never a reason to yell or be loud in my home. On my 13th birthday, my parents broke the news to me that my mother was very sick and didn't have much longer to be around. Like any other kid, I was devastated and very upset. Learning that I was going to lose my mother soon did a number on me. Being in the peak of puberty and having so many new emotions was not exactly a walk in the park. But my mother dealt with me patiently until almost two years after when she passed away. In their relationship, my father was always the more emotional one. And while I took my mother's death relatively well, my dad was a complete mess. He couldn't eat or sleep for over a week, only starting to feed himself after he passed out and had to go to the hospital. All we had was each other for about a year and a half until I had to go off to college. Before I left for college, I did everything for him, from cooking his meals to cleaning up after him. He was diagnosed with depression and needed a caretaker, and I was all he had. It wasn't a chore for me because it felt like I was doing my late mother a huge service by being there for my dad. A few weeks before I had to leave for college, I had my father join a support group for other widows and widowers like him. And I also employed a caretaker on his behalf so that he would always come back to a clean house and warm food. My university was several states away, and I didn't want him to miss me so much that it distressed him. During my first few months away, I was worried that my father would relapse, but he turned out just fine. He went on cruises and picnics and group trips with his friends, and I was at peace. I did go back home whenever I could manage, but my father was doing pretty well. In my sophomore year, I went home for Thanksgiving just to find that my father was in a relationship with a woman he met from the Widows and Widowers group. She was nearly half his age, but she was gorgeous and overly nice to me. Being protective of my father, I tried to figure out her intentions, but it translated to hostility on my part, and my father was not having it. 
He yelled at me, which was very out of character, because my father had never raised his voice in all my 19 years of knowing him. This didn't seem like him at all, and when I tried to speak to him, he became even more withdrawn and cold. His girlfriend, however, suddenly seemed more energetic and began acting even more nice to me. I didn't stay longer than a few days after Thanksgiving, heading back to uni because of how uncomfortable I was at home. On one hand, I was happy for my father about finding someone, but on the other hand, it pissed me off that he spoke to me in that way in front of her when I was only trying to look out for him. My friends who I shared the dilemma with told me to look into the situation a little more as things may not be what they seemed, and I took their advice. I went back home for Christmas just to hear that my dad's girlfriend, let's call her G for gold digger, had moved into the house permanently. I wasn't even that mad until I heard that she moved all of my mother's belongings from the attic to the basement because she needed space for her shoes. I was upset, and rightfully so, but trying to talk to my father about it was pointless because all he could do was shrug helplessly and smile. I understood that he had feelings for her, but it was very upsetting how much he let her get away with. After inspecting that my mother's things were intact, I decided to forget about all grievances and just enjoy my Christmas break. It was relatively easy to stay out of G's way because I either stayed cooped up in my room or went out with friends, basically doing my own thing until uni resumed again. My late mother loved Christmas more than any other holiday, and we always spent the day cooking and then relaxing to watch the same selection of Christmas movies. My dad and I had done it alone the Christmas after she passed, so I thought that we would be repeating the same tradition. Instead, his girlfriend decided that she wanted to go shopping and see a new Hallmark movie that came out at the movie theater. I expected my father to tell her of our plans, but I was left beyond hurt when he agreed and put on his winter coat, walking behind her. As if it wasn't enough that she had trampled all in my mother's memories, G also made my father get her a very expensive ring, and then proposed to her in the middle of the mall. Mind you, they'd been together for about four months, and I did think it was too soon, but my father seemed excited about something that wasn't golf, bingo, or going to bed at 6pm, so I had to pretend to be happy for him. They had their wedding the following year in February, and it was so huge and lavish. My father wasn't poor, but I didn't think he was rich enough for a wedding that big and a honeymoon in Bali, but apparently he was. I was stunned at all of the plans that were made without involving me, and even when I tried to involve myself, he allowed his new wife to push me away. I knew something still wasn't right, but my father explicitly let me know that he didn't need me to be anything but his son, because he now had a wife. My visits at home were now limited to just holidays. People called it jealousy, but I knew that something was not right. I wasn't allowed to look into it, however, so staying away? seemed like the best option. When it was almost a year into their marriage, I went back home for Christmas and I was a little surprised by what I saw. My 59-year-old father looking so emaciated and sick as if he hadn't eaten in a few weeks. He welcomed me with smiles, but I could see that it wasn't real. Upon closer inspection of him, I also saw a yellow mark on his cheek that looked to be a healing bruise. Enraged, I bugged him until he told me what happened. She hit him in the face with the bottom of her shoe when he refused to give her access to his accounts. Although my dad asked me not to take any action, 
I felt like all of the evil stepmother movies I'd ever seen prepared me for this moment. At this point, my now stepmother barely paid any attention to me. She acted like I didn't exist, only showing me any affection when she was right in front of my father. I didn't care, because I didn't like her anyway. Just before I went back to college, I borrowed my father's card and went shopping for cameras and audio devices, so I could have evidence of G abusing my father. I'm not a pervert, so I enabled a filter setting that blurred any nudity that would appear, and then I connected my devices to it. Neither of them had any idea of my sneakiness, and I often felt bad for creeping up on my father's privacy like this, but I didn't want to lose him to a witchy woman who had no conscience. On his 59th birthday, instead of giving him a present, my stepmother threw things at my father because he had me as the main benefactor on his will and not her. My dad's will was hidden in a small box under his bed, so she had to be majorly snooping to find it. I FaceTimed my father as often as I could to assess the damages, but he hid his face from me while putting up a smile and looking significantly thinner. I couldn't sit back and watch my father suffer like this anymore, so I took matters into my own hands to make sure that they were divorced as soon as humanly possible. It started with trying to convince my dad that he was actually being abused, which took some time, but it worked after I reminded him of how my mother used to treat us before she passed, and how it was nothing like how his new wife treated him. It was very saddening bringing up the memories of his late wife in comparison to how another woman treated him, but it had to be done. Thankfully, he did see reasons with me and agreed to file for a divorce as soon as he could. I had other plans, of course. No one could treat my father like crap and expect to go unharmed. I started with adding small doses of laxatives to her coffee at random times, so it didn't seem like a pattern. And then I graduated to poison ivy in her body lotion, a very small amount that made her itch uncomfortably throughout the entire day till she was red in the face. She tried to accuse me, but this time my father stood up for me and told her that his son would never do such a thing. It was a stark difference to the man he was a year ago, and although he knew that I was responsible for these childish games, he defended me. The idea was to torture her until she decided to leave first. G was so adamant on being added to the will that she was willing to stay through all of the torture. That's when I decided to pull out the big guns. After slipping her some sleeping pills, I photographed her in some compromising positions with the help of a friend, and then we drew hot dogs on her face and posted them to her Instagram. It was hilarious because she took her social media as seriously as one would a real job, speaking about her followers like they were faithful worshippers. My stepmother was livid when she woke up, and she threatened to sue me for blackmail and a couple of other things. I simply played her a compilation of all the evidence I had of her abusing my father and making phone calls about killing him off soon. She was beyond stunned but tried to talk herself out of the situation. She even tried to offer hooking up with me in exchange for destruction of the evidence. I was beyond disgusted. But I did well to let her know that my father was aware of everything that was going on and needed her to leave the premise before he got home from work. It was the ultimate walk of shame, watching her move out with all of her luggage and waiting for an Uber that decided to take its sweet time. 
I know it seems now like I'm such an evil and spiteful person, but it felt like my responsibility to protect my father from everyone and everything that intended to harm him. This woman was unfortunately a good-for-nothing gold digger who wanted my poor, clueless father for just his money. He didn't even have that much. A week after she had left, my father sent her the divorce papers and they only saw each other during the court proceedings. In her true fashion, she tried to beg him for another chance, but my father gave her no attention and even filed a restraining order against her when she would not stop showing up to his home and doing weird crap. She tried to target me as well, but I blatantly ignored her until she stopped. A few months after it had all had blown over, we heard from a few sources that my father was her third unsuccessful marriage, and she had never lost a partner to death. She just lied so she could get into those widower and widow meetings, because apparently those were the only kinds of men she was into. My mother would be turning in her grave if she saw the actions I took to get rid of my father's gold-digging ex-wife, but I know that I did the right thing, and then some. Do you guys think what OP did there with drawing the you-know-whats on her face and posting them on her Instagram, do you guys think that was a little excessive and out of line? Or do you guys think that considering what the ex-wife was doing to the husband here, that honestly it was within reason? Let me know what you guys think down in the comments. And our final story of the day is forcing my cheating girlfriend to flunk. My girlfriend cheated on me with a sound engineer at work, and this is how I got back at her. My girlfriend and I have been together since our freshman year. We actually went to the same high school but didn't date and hardly even spoke to each other in high school. But when we met in college, we naturally gravitated towards each other. We both majored in the same course, so we saw each other often. She asked me out, and we decided after a while to date each other exclusively. I never really got to place why, but I always felt my girlfriend was using me. Okay, maybe I know why. You see, my girlfriend is very pretty and has the most amazing body. She is very hot. Guys drool over her all the time when we... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. We go out. I'd feel insecure about that, but I was certain that she loved me, plus I was quite the catch too. While my girlfriend is insanely good looking, I'm not exactly bad when it comes to looks either. I know I'm cute and I'm insanely brilliant, always have been. I made a lot of money and I'm still making a lot of money from my smartness. 
In high school, I used to charge all the cool kids good money to help with their assignments and be their study buddy. We had an actor in class who was always busy, and I helped with most of his assignments and tutored him all through senior year. When my girlfriend wanted to drop out of school to pursue a career in singing, I encouraged her not to. I did this mostly because I knew she wanted to go to college. She's the first to go to college in her family, and she wanted to finish college so bad, but she also badly wanted to be a singer, and she constantly worried that if she did not start early, time may just pass her by. I decided then that I'll do most of the heavy lifting for her. I'll write her assignments and study with her so her burden is lighter. We signed up for the same courses to ensure that our plan materializes and it worked for us. My girlfriend was a backup singer for a popular artist and she was away from school most of the time. I kept her abreast with all that was happening in classes and studied with and tutored her. That way she maintained good grades. Her sophomore year was a breeze because she was able to get ahead in her music career while still maintaining decent grades in school. The next year we decided to move in together. We rented a bigger place and it was easy because she was making money and I was making money from tutoring other students too. My girlfriend was not the most brilliant student, but she made a huge effort towards getting a good CGPA each year. It was very important to her that she graduated from university with decent grades, and we worked both arduously to make that happen. We did move in together and things continued to go smoothly until she started to get very secretive. I noticed some weird behavior. First, she was extremely protective of her phone. She would carry it with her wherever she went and would be startled whenever it vibrated. One day, we were sitting on the couch. I was giving her a summary of a book we were reading in class when her phone rang. I was closer to the phone and wanted to pick it up and pass it to her, but she slapped my hand off it and quickly picked it up. That was when my suspicion arose. I just did not get why she was so protective of her phone. We don't go snooping around each other's phones, but I won't deny the fact that I was tempted to do that later in the evening while she took a nap. That was the first sign that something strange was happening. The second was her constant absent-mindedness. Sometimes we'd be in the middle of a conversation and she'd just stare blankly at me. At a point, I had to call her out on it. I needed to be listened to when I talked about my day. And it was hard to feel like I was being heard when all she did was stare blankly at me as I spoke to her. We had a big fight about it. She accused me of being insensitive despite knowing how severely stressed she was and how much pressure she was under. I felt bad that day and apologized. She accepted my apology and we were okay afterward. My girlfriend also stopped talking about work as much. She would simply tell me her day went good. It was very much unlike her because usually she likes to talk. She would go on and on and tell me even the smallest details of what happened at the studio. She would talk about the singer she works for, the other backup singers, the dancers, and all of that. My girlfriend also stopped insisting on me having come with her wherever she was performing with the artist she works for. Before that time, we traveled together sometimes. I usually stayed back in the hotel room though, since I don't do well with crowds, and I always had work to do anyway. She would make me come on the trip with her, but at some point she just stopped asking me to come along with her. I assumed she was tired of convincing me and let it be. I figured she was stressed from traveling around with the artist, the rehearsals, and the stress from school. So I tried as much as possible to not compound her problems by pushing deeply to know what was wrong but I certainly could feel that things were off. 
Eventually, I decided to have a conversation with her about it, and she said she was fine. I'm just really stressed most times, and you know, I have a lot to worry about, she said. It wasn't until three weeks after that that I found out exactly what was going on with my girlfriend. I'd gone out to tutor a group of students who pay for my services. I thought I'd be turning in late, but I didn't stay for that long, because the group had other commitments. I returned home to see my girlfriend passed out on the couch. She had rehearsals all through the night and was tired. Her phone was beside her on the couch and I became very curious. I picked it up and left for the bedroom. For minutes, I debated with myself on whether I should snoop or not. It was wrong to snoop. I know my girlfriend would be upset if she caught me and I didn't want to risk that happening, especially if I found out nothing was going on. I decided to risk it and do it anyway. I imputed her password but was denied entry. It turned out she had changed her password. I used to know her password. She had just one for a while until she went to perform at a concert in another state and visited her sister who resides in that state. Her nephew managed to find out what her password was, so she had to change it. But she told me what her new password was when she returned. She had changed her password again and I didn't know what it was. That made me even more curious. I had to get into that phone and figure out what she was hiding. I decided to check her journal. You see, my girlfriend doesn't exactly have a strong memory. She always writes stuff down, from song lyrics to her students' ID numbers, and she would write those sorts of things in her journal. I carefully perused her journal and found a number. She wrote PW right before it, so I figured it was her phone's password. Well, I was wrong. I started to get anxious, but I was determined to go through it. It then occurred to me that I could use her thumb to unlock her phone. But what if she woke up abruptly? I could lie about wanting to use her phone for the paper I was writing. I sneaked back into the living room and pressed the phone lightly on her thumb. It unlocked and I hurried back into the room. Back in the room, I scanned through her direct messaging app and my heart raced. Perhaps she was no longer interested in our relationship. Maybe I had started to bore her or she met someone else. Well, the last part was true. My girlfriend had met someone else. I saw a chat where she told her sister about him. She mentioned his name and said he was a sound engineer. So I searched for his name on her phone and skimmed through their text. From what I could see, they had been talking for a while now. There wasn't time to read all through, so I just read the latter part of their messages. She had invited him into her hotel room on their last trip, and they had hooked up. She was telling him how guilty she felt and was considering confessing to me. I surprisingly was not so angry, not as angry as I'd always imagined I would be if my girlfriend cheated on me. I dropped her phone back on the couch where she lay, but not so carefully this time. She didn't even flinch. She has to be exhausted, I thought, and hated myself immediately for even caring. For all I know, she could have spent the night with him. I picked up a few books, changed my shirt, and left for the library. I had no idea how to handle the information I'd just gotten. I didn't want to break up with her, though. I know I couldn't do that, at least not at that time. I could not handle dealing with the end of a relationship and studying for exams at the same time. Plus, I had two major assignments to do and I could not imagine failing them. That night I went back to the house and acted as if nothing happened. She made us both dinner but I was too irritated to eat. It was clear though that something was wrong because I barely spoke to my girlfriend. I could tell she was battling with guilt because she kept hovering around, wanting to do things for me without even being asked. 
The next morning, she said we needed to talk. I was honestly terrified. I went into the bathroom to brush my teeth and joined her later in the kitchen to discuss whatever she wanted to talk about. I could not let her confess to me first. I had to tell her that I knew she was cheating. I wondered if she had just decided to pick the guy over me. That was probably why she wanted to talk. She had decided that it would be best to be with cool sound engineer and was leaving me. I left for the kitchen and quietly said, I know. She says, what do you know? I say, I know about the sound engineer dude. Her countenance did not exactly look good before, but now it looked even worse. She started to apologize, but I cut her off. I say, if you want to break up, that's fine. I'll move out. No, 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 I'll move out. She pressed her face to the kitchen counter and cried. I looked away from her. She cried for minutes and just stood there, refusing to look at her. I love my girlfriend, okay? I could not imagine a life without her. She's a big deal to me and I wanted nothing more than to wrap her in my arms and tell her it was okay, but I was hurt too and it certainly was not okay. I say, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to break up? Move out? I needed to know what exactly her plans were anyway. She says, no. I say, no? She says, I don't want to break up with you. I don't ever want to break up with you. I hate myself, she said in between sobs. I simply walked back into the room. One thing was clear though, she was not going to leave me. The next few weeks were not easy for my girlfriend and me. I barely spoke to her and she walked on eggshells around me. Eventually, we started to talk in monosyllables and it got better but things remained a bit tense. She would let me know wherever she went, who she was with and what they were doing, probably to build the trust again. Meanwhile, it was getting close to the deadline to turn in a major assignment, and we'd agreed before I found out she was cheating that I was going to do it for her, and she would just turn it in. I had written the abstract, and I only needed to continue with my research and give it to her, but I could not bring myself to continue with it. I decided on the perfect way to get back at her. I was going to make her fail the course. Don't judge me, please. My girlfriend had been very selfish. I did everything for us. I took care of her schoolwork, proofread her assignments, tutored her, and wholly supported her budding career in music. And she paid me back by cheating on me with some sound engineer. It was unfair to me, and I had every right to be angry. I didn't want her to leave, but I had to get my revenge so I could feel better about it. I was undecided about whether or not to follow through with my plan at first, but I chose to do it eventually. I was not going to let her off easy. She had to feel what I felt, and I knew the best way to do that was to hit her where it hurt, her academics. I downloaded an essay written by a famous author on the subject, copied them word for word, and gave it to her to turn in. She emailed it right away before me, and I immediately felt bad about it, but I could not tell her as it was too late anyway. I had a soft spot for her, but I was not going to let it get in the way of getting my pound of flesh. Months later, as expected, the lecturer invited her over to his office and informed her that she was going to have to sit before a panel for turning in a 100% plagiarized paper. It was a lot of trouble for her, but she managed to convince the panel to let her off easy. Our university has zero tolerance for plagiarism, but she was able to plead her way out of getting suspended or getting expelled. She did fail the course though. What happened at home you may wonder? Well, she was mad at me. She cried and I cried because I genuinely felt bad. 
But I also felt good that she felt what I felt when she cheated. I insisted though that it was not deliberate. I told her I was mad at her and very hurt and I just did a lazy job because I could not get my thoughts together to write something original. I also said I didn't think about the school's policy on plagiarism. She moved out for a while, but we came back together months later and are trying to move on from the pain we've caused each other. I feel bad about what I did, but I wouldn't say I regret it. I mean, honestly, if they can regroup and move on together from what both of them did to each other, my hat would be more than off for them. All I know is, is if I was an OP situation, I wouldn't have nearly the amount of forgiveness OP had, so... I don't know whether most people would think it's dumb or impressive, but I definitely think what OP did here zagged pretty hard against what most people would zig. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another revenge story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.